For me, um, building a great buy and hold portfolio has worked out tremendously well. I've watched um, all of my assets grow each day. Um, just, just based on inflation, my property portfolio um, literally rises by about $1,500 a day. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shump. In this episode, we're continuing the conversation with CEO of Positive Real Estate, Sam Sagers. You'll review his strategy on buy and hold and find out how to use it to create big results with your own portfolio, potentially accumulate a portfolio worth over $30 million in 20 years' time. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Rather than something holding Sagas back when initially purchasing an investment property, he feels he didn't take the time to ensure it was a good investment. I was just in a hurry to, to get going and, you know, full of um, energy and uh, sometimes, you know, that that kind of behavior can can come back to bite you. So, for me, I always knew that real estate was a way of, I guess, becoming, you know, I guess more economically free um, and I'd learned that through growing up in the area I, I was fortunate enough to live in people I was surrounded by, my friends had bought real estate. I just simply chose the wrong property. Um, it wasn't you know, necessarily desirable. It's probably an invest- investment grade piece of real estate. And um, yeah, I guess I got into the market and, and, and I soon realized you know, I should have slowed down, maybe not gone to that auction that day and, and actually taken a little bit more time to think through how real estate economically works. But it was a good lesson. Um, you know, we all pay for education in one way, shape or form. And for me, really, if that didn't happen to me, then potentially I wouldn't, you know, be the person I am today. So, I learn a lot. An avid fan of education, he's always learning from other market experts who are great at what they do. You know, I've been involved with over the years, great educators and great property people. And um, I think property is a very disruptive industry. There's a lot of change constantly and, you know, I'm constantly learning from great people. Um, Today, I would say, you know, some of my mentors include um, Tim Forrester from from ARIA. He's, He's been awarded Australia's best um, urban developer uh, from the UDIA. Um, he he's fantastic to learn from when it comes to design principles and, and urban uh, living. Um, you know, I'm always learning from other industry uh, people uh, who who are always you know great at explaining where the market's at. Whether it be Tim Lawless from Core Logic, who's brilliant at, at sort of helping understand what market conditions are like uh, to your sort of Mark McCrindles who 
great demographer, really explains how the change in, in um, human behaviour will affect real estate of tomorrow. Uh, beyond that, you know, just I'm always learning and, and surrounding myself with a team of people who are good at what they do because I don't profess to be great at everything. I think it's important that, you know, in, in real estate you have have a great team, whether that's a good lawyer, um, you know, a great real estate agent, a great um, a great property manager. You know, everyone has something to offer. And, and I think, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, if you put, put a team around you, you, you get great mentorship um, from from areas you would sometimes not even think you you need training in and uh, for me that's very much the case the best advice he's ever received through his experience with industry professionals such as these is to ensure that you buy well enough so if you are forced to sell that you will be readily possible probably the best advice is i think look at very liquid real estate and um, real estate that's in really great areas, desirable. Because in life, you never know when, you know, you get thrown a, a curveball, so to speak. And you want to be able to look at real estate today that if you wanted to sell, there's a lot of buyers out there who would take the property off you. And so for me, you know, the probably one thing that I'm always conscious of today and um, is is follow marketplaces, suburbs, and property which you um, buy well, but you can always sell well. And I think it's so important to to be in those areas. Sagas has penned several books. His most recent one focusing on up to date strategies, which the average Australian property investor can consult to gain a more relevant picture of what's happening in the market today. I've actually written um, four books but um, this this book um, which I've just sort of put out, uh, The Future of Property Investment in Australia, I think is, is certainly um, probably my best book and without question really relates to the property market of today. I think there's a lot of sort of strategies which get talked about which are from a bygone era in real estate in Australia. From 10 years ago, um, you know, go and find a positive cash flow property in a mining town. Um, obviously, you know, that was a, that was very 2001. Um, so we need to, to educate people on really what Australia's goals are, what Australia's business plan is, and um, link it to the production of property. Um, what that means for the for the average person just trying to build a great sort of buy and hold property uh, plan, and um, you know how they can make it. I guess a few bob along the way. So for me, I was compelled to write the book mainly out of frustration that most people seem to talk about property um, about strategies which which I think are a little bit you know, past their use by that. In his book, he explains the key principles which allow you to succeed in property investing on the particular property you choose, the area and the market. Yeah, look, um, I, I think um, for a start, you know, for me, a key, the, there's key 
four key principles to making money out of real estate. And the first one is the right property. So what is the right property? And the book sort of goes into detail about for an investor who potentially only wants to spend, you know, three, four hundred, maybe five hundred thousand dollars, what actually property or dwelling makes a really good investment? Um, and the types of inclusions, fixtures, fittings, floor plans, um, uh, orientations people should be looking for when it comes to choosing the right dwelling. Then, secondly, the right area. It's so so important to choose the right um, property in the right area. And so what is a good area? What areas will grow faster than others? And in my book, I talk about, you know, the big five areas which which people should look for in our major cities. Um, what, what um, you know, what places actually stand out from the crowd and potentially will get better capital growth because those type of areas are in more demand, They're very much demand-led areas. And then, um, you know, thirdly, just talking about, I guess, the market in general, what makes up a market, what drivers are uh, in the marketplace. And then fourthly, understanding that if you done the first three steps really well you should be in um, or capable of getting extra growth from your property through being able to one day sell it at auction and get a lot of demand um, coming along and outbidding each other to to own your property he considers his book the future of property investing in australia a buy and hold based approach going to detail about how to best go about in the modern market for me, I wanted to sort of explain to people where they should buy, what they should buy, um, how they should go and do it, and then just link it to sort of other strategies which are in the market, whether that's taking your property today and putting it, for example, on Airbnb and getting or maximising your your rental return through short-stay techniques, or whether that's simply buying a property in a better suburb which is going to yield better in the long term and showing people um, debt reduction strategies. So, you know, for me, the book is still a buy and hold strategy book. I think, you know, most people that will be successful in real estate are in it for the long term rather than sort of hoping for speculative growth and then, um, you know, some sort of get rich quick strategy. So, for me, you know, the book touches on on a few different ideas on how to be a successful property investor, whether that's sort of strata tiling or subdividing property or whether that's simply buying a good buy and hold property that you need to hold for 10, 15, 20 years, but where are you going to do it? Um, and potentially if you choose the right area, perhaps your property won't take 15 years to double, but maybe only nine years to double. And if it takes nine years to double and saves you six, well, that may mean you don't have to work six years longer than you need to. So the book goes into a lot of detail about that. With an experience of over 20 years in property investing, Sagas has built a substantial diversified portfolio. Yeah, well, look, I I own shares, I own businesses and I own property um, and, you know, their collective value is is um, certainly 
around that kind of money um, and from a real estate point of view, um, you know, it, I would have over sort of, you know, 15 million in, in real estate assets um, and uh, yeah, a lot in businesses and other things. This portfolio is living proof that an effective buy and hold strategy is paramount to creating wealth as an investor. So, I think the main thing to create a good long-term buy and hold strategy uh, is without question, you've got to have um, a fairly good rental return that allows you to cover the, the debt you take on. Um, if you know how to buy well, if you know how to sort of make some money in the short term, perhaps get a discount on a property, choose a property that can easily be renovated to create equity, choose a property which um, you can um, add some value to, then what happens is it means you are able to equity release some money from the new value created and that allows you to sort of domino effect and buy another another property. Um, here in Australia, it's interesting statistics. Out of all the property investors in Australia, there's only about 15,000 property investors today that have more than six properties. So most people don't end up building a property portfolio, paying little to no tax. Most people end up with maybe one property investment plus their own home or two. I mean, you can look at the statistics through the ATO. So I think it's really important that if people like want to, um, you know, I guess become economically free in their life, they don't really need to do too many more strategies than a simple buy and hold because most people can't do it. Um, and the people that do do it actually become really quite independently wealthy. For me, um, building a great buy and hold portfolio has worked out tremendously well. I've watched um, all of my assets grow each day. Um, just, just based on inflation, my property portfolio um, literally rises by about $1,500 a day. So um, you, you're seeing like just the buy and hold strategy at work. It's great. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into how Saga's strategy is continuing to evolve over time. So for me, I've made some money out of doing some strata subdivisions, buying an old block of flats and converting the titles from one title to multiple on through strata subdivision. Why the majority of Australians aren't hardcore property investors? But I think there's a lot of people don't know how to structure to get to that point. They don't know how equity works. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shump and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, if you're finding this podcast super informative, then guess what? I'm giving you an exclusive free case study from property investors like this one just for listening. These case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific strategies and numbers of their portfolio. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. His fundamental buy and hold strategy aside, 
Sagas has also attempted some development and subdivisions. However, only advocates people to do this if they have more experience with investing. I've done um, development and strata subdivision of, of big um, apartment complexes and, and um, so forth. And I guess, you know, if I was being honest with myself, I would say that um, uh, I wasn't that successful at that. Um, there's a lot more money to be borrowed, a lot higher interest rates. Um, some of the developments I did, I borrowed money at 17% interest. Um, and for the average person, you know, that's probably not a place where you want to go if you don't have that much experience. I think today in Australia, there are some very shrewd, professional, world-class developers. And for the average person to go up against them, um, they need to know a hell of a lot about real estate today. Um, so for me, I've made some money out of doing some strata subdivisions, buying an old block of flats and converting the titles from one title to multiple on, on, um, through strata subdivision. And that's probably been um, a, a lower risk version of um, development, which has been successful for me. Uh, recently, I just did one in, in Newcastle. It was just a duplex. It was nice, easy. Um, I built the duplex and then Strata subdivided it and pulled some equity out. So I like those type of strategies. Um, they're a little bit more capital intensive. You need a lot more equity to, to borrow money off the bank. Typically, the bank's like, you know, lending 70 or 80 percent, um, whereas a buy and hold strategy, you still can, you know, borrow 80 to 90 percent. So, you know, I think. I always say to people, if you get to the 1% club, which is essentially those 15,000 people that have five or more properties, um, talk to me about doing something a little bit more tricky and we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get in there and do it. So, um, But I'm not an advocate of people owning two properties and then becoming a developer. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's crazy. Living through many market cycles, Saga's portfolio will keep growing. The, the reality is my portfolio of, of $15 million still has two to three more property cycles in it before I retire. So one would assume the value of those properties in another 30 years will, will you know, be worth a lot more than what they're worth today. So you're taking that $15 million worth of hold which doesn't really cost me much out of my own wage or income because the rents and the tax pay for it. You know, come 30 years from now, when I'm um, looking to, you know, um, you know, not work and really 15 to 30 years from now, that $15 million, well, that could, of market exposure, could dividend 30 to $45 million in in results, and that's just a buy and hold strategy. So there's nothing tricky about it. Anyone can do it. Other than the minority of Australians who are hardcore property investors, why is it that people don't naturally follow this strategy if it yields such amazing results? Well, I think for a start, you know, real estate is a little bit confusing. Um, people uh, are certainly... Um, you know, I guess, fascinated with, I guess, only buying in their own backyard and that has its own limitations. I think 
today people are getting a little bit, you know, more used to sort of owning a property in Melbourne when they live in Sydney or, you know, owning a property in Perth when they live in Brisbane, that kind of thing. Um, but without question, I think most people see, I guess, owning too much property as, as, a, as, as too risky. Um, and I would argue that if you've got a good rental return and you're smart about what you do, um, owning five properties is, is a sensible um, way to actually um, retire from your job quicker and, and, and certainly look, get out of the rat race. But I think there's a lot of people don't know how to structure to get to that point. They don't know how equity works. And really, even in my book, I give some good lessons just on what is equity and how can you use it to actually join the 1% of people or 15,000 people in Australia, 1% of investors that are actually successful buy and hold people. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess um, it's an interesting, interesting uh, context out there. There's over a million people with investment properties um, who have a, have only one investment property. There's only fifteen thousand with with uh, with five or more. So it's interesting. I you know I, I'm a big advocate on on getting to that um, that small group of people that end up in that place because you've got a good portfolio. It's usually diverse in a few areas. When one market isn't performing, usually one of your properties is growing because you're diverse. You've got a property in Melbourne, it might be growing, but your property in Sydney might be stagnant. So having some diversity in your portfolio is so good for continuation of wealth. Uh, and yeah, it's worked for me. So um, it's certainly something I teach other people to just knuckle down and get into it. A personal habit which Sagas attributes to his success is constantly learning. I'm always a believer in learning and uh, I probably one of those people that doesn't spend a lot of time, you know, when I get home sort of watching television and, 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 and you know, just tuning out, um, I like to participate and I like to, to learn things. So for me, I feel like we live in a time in uh, whether it be related to property or just or not but the time we live in um, at the moment is very disruptive and we live in a time where literally um, you know jobs are being outsourced overseas technology is improving and replacing people um, for the most part in in broad economics so I I guess for me, like I just constantly got to learn and uh, I've just constantly got to learn because of the need to be relevant and I will teach myself things, I will learn from others, um, you name it, I'm constantly out and about sort of understanding how, how things click out there. So I think for most people, if they're interested, doing an education course is smart on property but it's also could be just upgrading your own skills in whatever business um, industry you work in. You know, uh, you you could be in advertising or learn more about it, become the best of what you do because 
we live in a in a society where where things are changing quite quickly. You know, there's a lot of disruption. Some podcasts and books that he recognizes as part of his learning journey include those by Andre Agassi and Tony Robbins. I mean, I'm always always having a sticky beak out there. Um, I mean, I'm just reading and probably a bit late to the party. You know, Andre Agassi's book um, Open, and and there's there's you know gifts and stories in in that book that you can apply to to being successful. So, you know, um, there's you know a bucket load of them which which um um you know napoleon hill stuff is is good it depends what you're looking to to do but you know i think if you maybe wanted to get started somewhere you know you would would start on a little bit of i always find that people need to just get their psychology right if they're going to become property investors um just get their sort of headspace right and you know, some of, for example, you know, the Tony Robbins books and things like that, they're pretty good to sort of download and um, podcasts and things like that just to just to make sure you're feeling right about what you're trying to achieve because what I find with property is property is actually quite reliable. Like if you just leave property alone, let it do its thing, um, come back in 15, 20 years the odds are your property is going to be worth more than what you paid for it. The odds are the rents are going to be higher than what they were when you first bought it. However, while property is reliable and numbers driven, the investors who hold the property are more emotional. This can be an issue when we as human beings don't condition our mindset. So property is reliable. What I find is, you know, people are not reliable. People are, um, for the most part, quite emotional creatures. And for me, the probably the downside of the property industry is is the people, people or um, or or customers or um, what should I say, buyers in the market, people who own real estate, they go through a whole hurdy gurdy of of um, of problems in their life. They get divorces, people die in their life, um, they run into economic challenges. So what happens is if you're going to be a good property investor, you need to actually be quite confident in yourself um, because, as I say, property is reliable. People tend to be quite unreliable. Their emotional state constantly changes. And if they don't understand who they are as a human, they quite often have a disconnect with owning or taking on the risk of being a property investor. So I'd probably recommend, you know, listening to podcasts on on self development. Um, you know, there's plenty of plenty of good people out there that specialising in in understanding how to create goals and and just getting your mindset right. Um, because if you're if you can, you know, be quite reliable to yourself, you can really go places. If Sagas were to meet his past self from 10 years ago, what advice would he give him? I'd just say keep going. You're, you're, you know, you're on the right track. You know, you um, don't listen to the noise. Just keep going. And uh, and I mean that, that we live in a time where, you know, the real estate industry was never meant to be like the stock market. The real estate, owning real estate was you bought it, you hunker down, you hold on to it, you learn to pay down debt and you come back 10, 20 
years later and you've got a beautiful asset that's worth more. But today we live in such a time where there's daily media grabs. Um, it's almost like the real estate market has become the stock exchange. There's news on, you know, real estate, um, you know, down this month. Um, and that fear um, plays a lot on people's minds today. Um, once upon a time, you know, the real estate market, yes, it was spoken about, but that information was delivered, you know, perhaps through the newspaper. It wasn't constant on in, in a digital world. And for me, if I met myself 10 years ago, um, you know, I'd be saying, keep going. And um, I think if, if people are sort of starting out on that journey today, they're probably hearing a lot more noise than I ever had to hear 10 years ago. So maybe they should say to themselves, just keep going, just plough through it because the media loves doom and uh, their doom and gloom don't let it sort of, you know, get in your way of, of being, being of, 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 of getting to the goals you want in your life. One of the most exciting aspects that Sagas is looking forward to within the next five years is utilizing his properties for recreational purposes such as living around Australia and creating a lifestyle he's always wanted. Oh, look, in the next five years for me, um, in my property journey, um, I think um, I've, I'm evolving um, my portfolio. Um, I'm choosing suburbs where I, I guess I'm, I'm, I've gone through my sort of foundational purchasing of real estate. I've made money from, you know, properties over over the many decades I've, I've owned real estate. And really, I guess for me now, I'm going into a different phase of, of being a, of, an, of an investor um, where I'm debt reducing to then own assets outright. Um, and the assets which I will own outright once I sell down some of my, my portfolio um, will actually be in very fun places and for me it's been very important to build a portfolio where I can own real estate in suburbs which I can use later in life. Um, When I'm independently wealthy, I've got assets in places which are fun, which if I go to Melbourne, I'm going to my Collingwood place which I'll use and then I'll go to the tennis or I'll go to the Australia Day boxing test. And when I'm not using it, I'll be putting it on Airbnb and renting it out short term. So for me, I'm going through a personal transformation over the next sort of five to seven years of really keeping the assets, which I know are fun, dynamic, uh, well, in fun and dynamic neighbourhoods because one thing which is exciting for me is some of the assets I've bought are in suburbs which are, um, are, are great for um, lifestyle later in life. And uh, they're not just investment properties uh, in Timbuktu, which I, which I can't get a personal use out of. And for me, I've been able to shape um, a five of my properties, which are actually usable properties um, in the shared economy, which, you know, you can use things like Airbnb today. 
So it allows me to be a bit of a global citizen, um, which I'm excited about because uh, I'm the type of person that that doesn't like to to stay in one spot and allows me to really live in Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane and Cairns and Newcastle where I've positioned these properties quite um, quite nicely. If you want to connect with Sagus and find out more about his strategy and what you can do via his services, you can reach him through Positive Real Estate website. Of course, you can sort of get my book online. Uh, you can get it at any of any good bookstore, Dimmicks, things like that. Just Amazon, jump online and, and grab a copy. Uh, if you want a complimentary copy, um, come along to Positive Real Estate's Property Information Nights. They're held all over Australia. Just jump on our website, positiverealestate.com.au. Come along to one of our property workshops. I'm at plenty of them, so we might even bump into each other. And uh, just ask for a complimentary copy of the book there if you like. Um, they're, they're free for people who attend our workshops. Um, if you're um, unable to attend, just um, uh, maybe grab a copy online and, and, and try and catch up with us soon. But yeah, we'd love to have you along to one of our workshops. and. Really, that that's a starting point to understanding, you know, what you're trying to achieve. Because, you know, my my story um, might be a little bit different to other people's, you know, story where their goals are headed. And I think that's that the best place to start is is come along to that workshop and and um, yeah, start to plan and map out your goals from there. Thank you to Sam Sagas, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Sam Sagas and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening.